0: Welcome to the Vinny Rock Podcast. Podcast. I took the blows and did it more. It's time, the Vinny Rock Podcast. All right, all right, all right. What's going on? Good morning. It is the Vinnie Rock Podcast. I have my guest with me, Vince Papali, from most of you would know from the movie. It's his story they told on Invincible with Mark Wahlberg as the lead. And it, what an incredible story it is, Vince. What an incredible story it is. I seen this years ago. Never would I have imagined I'd be sitting here interviewing you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I could imagine I'd be sitting here with you, and we got two Vincents, which is pretty cool. And then yeah, my son got Vinny, so we got the perfect trifecta. Yeah,
0: I was gonna so name us. I was gonna name my son Vince, and I ended up my my oldest son. His middle name is Vincent. So, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. And and I've always wanted to call one of my boys Vinny, and I've never I've never done that. I don't know why. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, Vinny. Well, you know what? Everybody calls him Junior, and I made sure that I, I gave him the I gave him the different middle name that I have. My middle name is Francis. This is Joseph. <laughs> My father's Francis Joseph. So I got to Vinny. I didn't have the junior out. I didn't want him to be a junior. I could yeah. be the that ever happened to that poor kid. You know?
0: Yeah, that that's happened to my brother. He's a junior and his, his name is Carlos Vargas Jr. But no one calls him Carlos. Always junior.
1: Of course, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, man, Vince, it's crazy. That story. Um, and you know, what's funny. I did a lot of research on the background of, of the actual story from right. what was made and then reality. Um, And, you know, I know because I'm in the film industry, I know that there has to be give and take when telling a story because for the audience or for whatever the case, and and in this case, for the NFL to approve it, they had to make a couple adjustments to the film when it comes to your wife or your wife and her background and, Mm -hmm. you know, her being a Giants fan uh, on the movie, right? Is is she a Giants fan? I want to make sure everyone who hears this knows the truth.
1: Well, that's one of the first, one of the most often asked questions ever, you know, and uh, <laughs> no, she's not, she's not a giant fan. Well, we're sort of giant fans because we were, we were always rooting for, uh, for Eli. Uh, but, uh, you know, and we have, we have a couple of friends up there in New York, but uh, like you, you know, she wore the three greatest sweaters ever in the world and that's USA. And uh, I know you wore that proudly on your chest and you're looking right over here. Uh, you can see that's Janet's jersey that she wore when she represented the United States in gymnastics on the world team back in the uh, '70s, the Munich, the Munich days. You know, with with Kathy Rigby. Yeah,
0: and with, What you
1: said, Vin, is uh, you know you were talking about some of the things that Hollywood has to do, and you know with the NFL, and in order to get the branding rights for the NFL, and we, we presented our script originally to Disney, and, and because we, I mean, to to the NFL. We needed their endorsement to get the branding rights. Otherwise, it would be just like the movie Replacements or um, Longest Yards. You know, you make up a fictional name like the generals, the birds, the, tur- the turkeys and pigeons. NFL originally turned us down. And uh, and then our guys stayed on top of it. And they were, pretty, um, they were pretty persistent. They're also the same guys that did one of the greatest movies ever, and that's Miracle and Rookie. Yes. Oh, know,
0: my, so oh my goodness. Yet- those movies both those movies all three of these movies are the same feel you watch them you get inspired motivated you fall in love with the characters and the story and and you dig deeper into it when you say the rookie i'm a baseball player i played college baseball and so that i got out of the military and still had a little fire in me and i wish i wish so the you know your story going back at an older age and competing and getting on is a dream of mine it was a dream for years and you know, the, the stars didn't align for me. Right. Then nothing popped up or also I didn't have the guts to go and do it. And so just the fact that you did. But going back to when Disney made those movies, you know, I work for Disney currently. I'm actually uh, an employee under the whole Disney umbrella because of the show that I work on now. And, you know, they are the type of company that will go out of their way to make sure that story is told in a beautiful light.
1: Yeah, you know, they're not going to do anything to embarrass you. And that was one of the things we wanted to make sure. And I certainly didn't want to embarrass my wife, Janet, of anything that they were going to portray her as. And in reality, her, her uncle actually owned the bar, but for her to be the bartender. So we acquiesced eventually to the NFL. And they said, OK, these are the adjustments that we'd like you to make in the story. And because the NFL and also there's that big New York connection, and they said, let's make her a Giants fan. And, uh, you know, when I, and, and when I went and, I, and I, sh- I said to Janet, this is the way they want to go. I said, you don't have to sign off on this. She, what, are you crazy? You're going to give up a Disney movie? She said, that's not my story. It's our, you know, it's your story. So in, in, a, in a heartbeat, she just signed off and uh, we made her a Giants fan. You know what? See, just because of the fact that you had asked me that question, that's perfect because it gives me the perfect lead. When I'm out speaking, I have this really cool section in it you know, about, you know, what's, that's real versus real, R-E-A-L, uh, as opposed to R-E-E-L, and, uh, and I do that, and it, and, that, and the first thing is, you know, uh, how true is the movie, and, you know, as my, as Dick Ramil says, it's not a documentary, and the other is, you know, it's, how, how, how was Mark Wahlberg, you know, and we'll get into that, I'm sure, at some point, and the other is, your wife really a Giants fan, and, you know, she, she is not, and, um, but she was a, a Penn State, and she did wear her blue, but, uh, she didn't even know if you stuffed or pumped a football back then in the day vince you know now, now she knows and of course a big eagles fan and uh, you know our son's playing football he's chasing the dream and uh I, hey last time i was out in san diego i had him out there for a for a camp when he was about 12 years old it was a really cool experience so uh yeah it's all good you know so she is not a giants fan but uh, she's eagle fan true and blue and uh, but right now we're the fan of our our kids and you know chasing their dreams with them. I hear you. I'm I'm right there with
0: you. My daughter is graduating high school this year. She's a 106 pound wrestler. She's uh, a 106 pound
1: wrestler. We got. Um. Somehow, Mike, I'm losing. I lost your sound. You lost my sound. I can just about hear you, and I'm at full volume here on my computer.
0: There we go. We're back. Hey. All right saying I, I understand that I have a daughter who is um, graduating high school. she's a Utah state champ in wrestling. We've started her wrestling at a very young age yeah. What? And wrestling is kind of this new space where, where women are starting to really grow. Uh, it's considered the fastest growing sport in, in, for, for women in America. And um, we're trying to get her a, a scholarship to a D one college, but right now wrestling isn't there yet. There is no division one wrestling for girls. And so she's going to continue on with her, her life and, and go to school. And I'm hoping somewhere down the road, it, it, it shows up, but now we're focusing on all the other kids' sports and everything else. We have a ton of kids, so so we won't even get into that world. But I love that, and you know, my question is for you: in high school, you played three sports. You were a basketball, you were a football, and also a track uh, varsity lettered in. What well, position did you play in football?
1: Well, actually, I played four. My junior year, I played baseball, and they threw me down to JV, and I got pissed off, so I stopped doing that. <laughs> and then that's when I got into the three sport thing. They don't do this anymore, as you know, you know, because everybody now, all this, all the seasons roll into each other, and there's all these conflicts. And of course, you know, the basketball coach doesn't want the football player. Yeah. Play, you know. I mean, it's just a whole different ball game. But I, I was a, um, I, I started out as a wide receiver. I came in as a first year senior. And uh, they had told me when I was a, a sophomore and a junior because I was I was wasn't even just about five feet tall when I was 14. Um, mm-hmm. They'd say, Hey, you're too small. You're going to get killed out there, you know. But I, all I wanted to do was just play safety basically, yeah, or be a running back. But eventually, my senior year, my junior high school, and and I'll tell you about this guy eventually when we talk about the dream. If we do, um, the, the, my first my first teacher, the guy actually taught me how to wear a jock strap for crying out loud, and he said. You know, you can't even, you, you know, you can't wear, but you can't wear the same socks in phys ed that you wear in the classroom. You know, you got to change your stuff <laughs> These are the things I remember from my, from my coach. He becomes the high school coach and he invited me out for a team. He said, Vince, how am you're not coming out? I remember you from a few years ago. You were the fastest guy in the field. He's, and, you know, so now I'm huge. I'm about five six 170, 160 pounds. And, uh, and, and he says, come on out. He says, so I want you to come out for the team. And I went out. And what he did, actually, is because um, I, I was so fast and, and I, I, I just could catch everything that hit my hands. He actually changed the offense and geared the offense around me and our quarterback. And he went into what was going to be a, basically a, whatever the standard defense or offense back in the day. Uh, he made it a slot offense and he kept me out there and I wound up leading the team in touchdowns and receptions in the county um as just a kid but i was so small still then i didn't get any offers to uh to go to any colleges because by then i was a first year senior nobody knew who i was
0: yeah
1: but i was going to get that opportunity my science teacher in junior high school always remembered me as a kid with heart and he said i'll give you a tryout because i'm the freshman coach at a uh, teacher's college back then called westchester and uh, that's where my sister went and i said well hey listen let's give this a shot and then track got in the way, and I wound up getting a scholarship pole vaulting. Uh,
0: right. And so you did You did four years of, of college track, correct? Pole vaulting yeah. is where you excelled more than anything.
1: I, I guess so, yeah. But you know what they did is when I came in, I thought I was just going to be a pole vaulter. And then we had a new co- coach Kate come in, and he says, you're going to do more than pole vault. You're going to hurdle. You're going to lead off our relay team. You're going to long jump. You're going to triple jump. And as it turned out, then uh, every meet, I would do five events, including the pole vault. Right. And that event- to the decathlon decathlon
0: yeah that's what i was going to say yeah Yeah, it it was was a
1: natural and and actually i was i was training for this and the decathlon and that and things didn't quite go my way and that's when i started playing semi-pro football which led to the world football league which led to the nfl so you know when one door slams as you know another one opens up you just got to be uh you got to be flexible agile call your audibles as you know as an athlete and um you know you got every once in a while you got to take that pitch you know, and then so I took a few pitches, and then it all hit.
0: So I, I love that. I, and so at this point, when you're getting the chance to go try out for the Eagles, what is your height and weight at the time around?
1: 6 two buck ninety, uh, buck ninety-eight. Um, I That's, had it, it's good size. it yeah, could fly. I uh, everybody might remember Billy White choose Johnson. He was a return guy for the Atlanta Falcons. He used to know where she did the funky chicken.
0: Yes. You know. Yes.
1: And, uh, and and Shoes actually was a, was a kid that I coached, coached against and I knew him and I competed. I was in this uh, pickup meet just to get myself. I was trying to run as many events I could to get myself in shape for the decathlon. And uh, I chased him then in a 100-yard dash. And he ran a 9.6 and I was right on his heels. He looked back and he says, Mr. Papawi, <laughs> you know, because I was the coach then. And he Mr. Papawi, he says, is hey, that you? And so that's the kind of <laughs> No, but I was 6'2, buck 95, and ran that four or five one grass, which, you know, that, that's incredible. Of, yeah, that's a four, three, four, three. Five.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. That's some speed. It is what it
1: is, you know. That's but the just- thing is, is I is, is I had to learn offenses, you know, speed, as they say, speed kills, but what are you going to do with that speed? You know, are you going no, to do it? Yeah.
0: I went was, to high school. I went oh. to high school with, a, oh, I'm sorry. I went to high school with a kid who was the fastest. Runner in the Diamondbacks baseball organization, the problem was I I guess he never got all the tools after that, right? They hired, they they drafted him because of his speed, and then trying to put together everything else. You know, baseball they like to look for five tool players, hit, run, you know, size, arm, all these things, and he was just one of those incredible. His speed was so fast that they they drafted him, but. He never turned out to in his career to become a, a, a go to the majors all the way because he couldn't put those tools together or whatever the case, who knows? But he got drafted based on speed alone. It was it didn't matter. You, you have a guy that fast on a baseball field, he could make a difference. And uh, you know, that's that's pretty powerful. But you were you you got the speed, the heart, and everything else attached to it. Uh that, that became a pretty awesome thing for, for them to look at. And when you showed up, I imagine they were like um how old is this guy and how is he so damn fast
1: <laughs> i don't think coach knew at the time because after the tryout in real life you know in a movie that he, you know he asked how old are you and and i said well you, how old are you coach I, I would never say that to dick ramill but <laughs> we actually we actually vincent we really did have that conversation and actually it was at the, in the elevator at a veteran stadium he said you know you just popped a four or five and, and he said, where'd you play your college football? And I you know, Shit, I didn't play college football. So I, I lied. I, I said, I yeah, Temple. <laughs> you temple. Know, that's the first thing that came to my, in my head because that was our biggest rival on track. And, and, th- and then he said, well, how old are you? Well, I was 30 and I, uh, I'm 24. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here's the guys coming from Brentwood for crying out loud. You know, I mean, you're, you're a West Coast guy. You know, these people. Yeah. And,
0: well, oh, yeah.
1: About Philadelphia, right? So you know, so I'm they said I'm twenty four and I, I I don't even know I don't but all I know is fifteen minutes later I got called up to the executive offices and I signed a lucrative twenty one thousand dollar contract to become a Philadelphia freaking eagle, man. And I was oh a man, I was a seasoned ticket holder for ten years. I'm the i I'm the guy that sat in the stands and said, Oh man, just give me that goddamn shot, you know. I mean, I, you know, I'm not I,
0: I mean You know, I I can't say that I have had a similar experience in sports, but I've had a similar experience in acting. I'm currently on one of the most popular shows in the world, and I was given an opportunity to act. Uh, It was was one of those dreams where I want to be an actor. I started doing acting, auditioning, and I showed up to one of the – knowing the biggest show in the world that will potentially be, and I got the chance. And I'm currently – living that dream now as an actor on a big show and getting the opportunity to show my skills and it feels very similar where you're like oh my god I'm doing exactly it wasn't 10 years ago I'm sitting there watching this tv show and saying man I would love to be an actor on this and now the spinoff I'm an actor on it you know I I imagine it's very similar for you watching the football field sitting there saying I'd love to play on the field and then the next season you're on the field playing
1: Get everybody out there that's watching and listening to us, you got to tell us what you're
0: doing and where you're at. Yeah, I'm on a show called Mayans MC. It's a it's a spinoff of Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy at, did seven seasons. It was one of the biggest um, shows to ever hit the air's. Uh, and and we got the spin-off of Sons of An- of Excuse me. We got the spinoff called Mayans MC. We're on our third season. It's considered to be the most talked about television show currently right now. You know, my character is Gilly and it's a little bit of a crazy violence, you know, television show. But it every actor out there, Latino actor was trying to get a role on this show. And I was very fortunate to be one of those ones who got it. And so, uh, you know, I'm currently in that. I I guess I can kind of say I feel what you feel when you're sitting there trying to be on that field. And now you're on that field at that moment. I feel like I'm kind of living in that right now currently.
1: Well, that's what's so beautiful about how we relate with each other because you're, we're both of that same mindset. And I can guarantee, freaking to you, that and, and this is part of when I get out and speak when I talk about the roadblocks, you know, and all the negativity around you. Because, oh, are you kidding me? This guy, this guy wants to go to Hollywood. What do you know? You don't have the skills. Where's your resume? Well, you, uh, you know, you're you're this, you're that. You know, you're 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 a former whatever you used to do. And and I absolutely guarantee that you went through that, but somehow. You know, you stayed focused and you made it happen. So there's your invincible story. Now appreciate- about you, man.
0: <laughs> Maybe one day, one day. Maybe,
1: that's right, yeah, <laughs>
0: <do>. <laughs> I wanted to. I want to ask, man. One of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, scenes in the movie is when you were playing football with your buddies. You went back right. to the park and played. And I know, I know, in reality you did have three really good buddies, you know, but was that football game, is that something you guys did or is that a movie thing?
1: No, we always did those leagues. It was called the, uh, the Delaware County rough touch football league. I grew up in suburban Philadelphia, little place that uh, Delaware County is, is sort of this County that's situated between, uh, where Philadelphia airport is. And then about 20 miles down, you, you run into the state of Delaware and we're sort of, we're sort of sandwiched right in there, a little peninsula with the Delaware river right there, uh, the, Sort of bordering us, and um, uh, it, these these are my guys, you know. And and I started doing that when I was actually teaching back at my alma mater. I was a full time teacher, and one of the guys that is for, is portrayed in the movie uh, was my best friend, and actually my because I was coaching track. He was my uh, he was my throwing coach. He said, "Come on, man, I play in this rough touch league. You're gonna love it." And he says afterwards we just go out we raise hell drink a few beers do this and that. Now at that time I'm a season ticket holder with the Eagles and uh, and and I did go out and I did play in that league and then eventually I wound up playing for some uh, like the Cannons Cafe Deacon Ale House Maximilian Tavern. and Max is the one that is uh, that that's featured in the movie that was the neighborhood. I still go there.
0: No, Uh, when I'm in
1: the neighborhood it's not Max's anymore. It's called the Tumble Inn but i still go there i mean it's you know it's just time has changed i'll go there and i'll see i'll, I'll see the the pinball machine I'll, I'll see the the pool table i'll see all my buddies and you know i that just cool. brings back the best memories in the world but that one scene i think you're talking about especially it's my one of my favorite scenes it's a, it's a scene in the mud yes and uh and, and it was really cool how they created that scene and how they shot it you know they, they actually shot it at 11 o'clock at night till five o'clock in the morning
0: oh man they, we had
1: to have we had to have total darkness they don't want any they didn't want to have, have, have any sunsets or you know sunrises or any that kind of stuff and uh and and they had these big sprinklers you know and they would be pouring or they could have the rain go down any way they wanted to go so this is really funny man So the first sign that they're going to suit that scene, and they brought in tons and tons and yards and yards of this special mud that's not really mud, but it's mud. It's not going to fly all over the place. And when they put the water on, about a zillion worms popped out, and everybody was all freaked out, right? (laughs) They had to tear the field apart and then bring in some new mud, wormless, and, uh, and they shot the scene. And what would be really cool is I'd be there. Uh, right next to be, and my, my son, Vinny, who's now in Indianapolis, going to be playing in the Spring Lake. I uh, just popped in there yesterday. And, and my son, Vinny, and I would be on the sideline, and he'd be coming from his practice, and he'd have all, he had his white practice uniform on. And, uh, and, and, and they would be sitting right there watching this, this this scene happen. And then one time, Wahlberg saw him, and he saw Vinny on the sideline. And I have this great, great video of Mark Wahlberg and my son chasing each other, playing each other, playing tackle in the mud. And, oh, uh,
0: man. I would love to see that.
1: The, 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 the I would have never, I, I would have never, uh, in in real life, I never would have gone and played one of those games, you know, especially when I'm under contract with the Eagles. Yeah. But as I say, saying, as you know, they use this term and expression, it played well. The audience yeah. loved it. And, oh, that, and yeah music and it was it was special music and, and the whole deal and the, all the drama, but here's my favorite scene because it's right after that and then Mark is driving through the streets of Philadelphia and he sees these little kids playing football and the football runs out into the goes into the street. That little boy that picks up that ball with number 83 on my back is now Vinnie Papaloway that's out there with Jerry Glanville playing in the Spring League in Indianapolis, right? So that's my little boy. And my daughter, Gabriella, who used to wear that jersey up there at Syracuse University as a cheerleader. My daughter, Gabriella, is the one that threw the ball out on the street, you know, and she's the oh, quarterback so cool. on that team. That, that's, my favorite, that's my favorite scene in the movie. And every time I see it, it, it you know, it's, yeah. it's just, it well, you know, with kids, you know, the things oh, change. Oh, I know, I up, know. That one chokes me up. But, you yeah. know, it's just as you know, and you, you know how they create scenes and, and, and the beauty of it. And that was really a beautiful rendition of of, of, they called it the moment of truth yeah that that scene
0: yeah that scene was where you got the your character in the movie was became grounded and fell in love with the sport again fell in love with the the beauty of it the camaraderie of it and his friends again it's kind of like in the movie, it was the most important part that turned the character. And so now he started to love what he did again and not all the pressure behind him becoming an eagle. So it was a really great scene. I and loved he,
1: it. You know, you're, you're absolutely right, Vince. And you know what it is? And it is if you, if you, if you think a little bit further out, it's a metaphor for life. Yes. You know, that No matter what the struggle is, and what you're going through, and if you lose your self-confidence, you know, where do you reach to? What do you go back to? When you go back mm. to those things that you know you do very well, those things you're comfortable with, you get into your comfort zone, you don't sit in a corner and suck your thumb and, and go with <laughs> crayons, you know, you go out, you know? Yes, sir. And, and, you know, me and you know you compete.
0: Yes, and, um,
1: and and that that was a, it was a beautiful scene and that's why they call it the, the moment of truth. It's the reconnection, uh, not only with me and the love of the game, but also with me and my friends. And that one guy, that one guy that's portrayed as Johnny, uh, he was that guy, he really was that and he still to this day will not talk to me. I, I don't know why, I don't know what happened, but to this day he doesn't. He, it he happens.
0: Does the downer, the Debbie yeah. Downer, the the the. Yeah, I hear you. It well, happens. let me let me shift gears on you for a second, because the other cool thing that I saw when I started researching was that you work with a lot of veterans. Uh huh. You do, and that's for that's for me is near and dear to my heart. Obviously, because being a veteran and now uh, being where I've gotten to, I've also had to, you know. I guess, endure a lot of hardships to, to kind of keep moving forward. Same talks about your mindsets and how do you, you can't sit in the corner and suck your thumb. You got to start moving forward. Right. And so I love the fact that you work with veterans and and I'm curious to what is it that you're so connected with working with veterans and why is that?
1: Well, you know, I, I I guess I was always enamored uh, with, uh, with the military and uh, as a kid, I was, my father did not. my father, uh, actually, couldn't get into World War II because uh, he, he grew up in a pig farm. They didn't have running water, and he was cleaning out a latrine. Believe it or not, and he got to lie in his eye, and his his father wouldn't let him wipe wash it out, and he he was legally blind in one eye. So he didn't get there. But you know, we grew up in a uh, in a development that was uh, all the people around me. There were a lot of military people right outside of Philadelphia, and uh, and I just had an affinity for it. And and when I started running track. And I went to Quantico, and I did two events. I I did two two meets that at the Quantico relays. I said, "This is me." I had I had no desire after I graduated from college because Vietnam was just about starting to get yeah. into its I had no desire to think that I was going to go anywhere other than to be in the military. And I started thinking, you know what? I can be a marine. I I want to do this. And and I was thinking about enlisting as a marine. And believe it or not, um, I I got. Uh, I I got a teaching job and at that particular time teachers were deferred and I didn't teach to be deferred. You know, I taught because I wanted to coach and also wanted to, and uh, so that's, that's how it happened. And I I just never got, I, I just never got into the military, but, but then, you know, just just thinking and seeing my buddies coming back from Vietnam and some of them, the way they were castigated and the way they were, uh, they they were, they, they they were just ridiculed, you know, for just doing their job. And, um, and 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 so I figured, you know, what can I do to help out? And and I just got involved, and it was just a matter of evolution, and 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 one that I'm I'm particularly proud of. And aside from what we're doing right here with Operation Invincible and what we're doing with the homeless vets, you know, and what's going on in this big event we have uh, this on May 1st in Philadelphia with the homeless vets is is a, a friend of mine asked me, and his name is Tom Mannion, and his son Travis. And it's at foundation.org His son Travis was uh, one week left in his second tour, and he went out to take care of, to take care of one of his guys. He was a captain, and a sniper took him out. And mm-hmm. um, and this was 13 years ago. And and so they have this what they call the Travis Mannion Foundation. And he mm-hmm. invited me to Andrews Air Force Base to speak at his golf tournament. And now he's got these guys. You know, there are these guys from Black uh, uh, Black uh, Hawk Down and. And there's there's the seals, there's some the marines, there's two stars, three stars, and I'm thinking, what the hell can I possibly say to them that would mean make a difference? So what I did is uh, as I relayed my my experiences when I went to Walter Reed Hospital to visit some of the uh, the wounded that were there, and um, when I left there, I, I get I get on the train and I see James Brown, the James Brown that does the NFL stuff. And he says, Vince. He said, "Jesus, oh man!" He says, "You, you got a look on your face." I said, "I just visited these vets, and I can't believe the reaction toward me that I was there for them." And I'm just said, uh, "These these guys are my heroes." So I wrote about it, and I called it the Second Chance. And mm. you know, because there was some pro athletes in the NFL that said, "Oh, I, I want a second chance," you know, for this and that. And I'm thinking, man, if somebody like you, if somebody like whomever, those that were injured were given that second chance, what would life be like? So I wrote about it. So that I relate that story to them and that's I can't wait to read
0: it. I can't wait. I I have to read that. Well, I'm gonna tell you this, Vince. I I don't know if you know this, but I've been so I've been working with veterans and struggling with transition for many years now. And and in that process of meeting and interviewing and talking with with all kinds of different people, professional athletes actually have the most similar struggle of transitioning out of professional sports. and so it's just funny, we have a lot more in common than you think. And your story alone is inspiring. And so veterans will always be drawn to those ins- inspirational stories of, of intestinal fortitude uh, of, of just, just being willingness to just keep going, following your dreams. Like I push all these veterans to don't stop your service might be done, but your service to yourself and your country can still move forward. And I've talked to so many professional athletes, like when you have to hang up those cleats, that is a hard decision to make. And you will always chase like shoulda, coulda, wouldas. You'll always sit there and miss it. And you'll always want to be a part of it in some way. And it's not easy. And it's the same same thing you've gone through yourself, Vince. When you, when you walked away from the, the Philadelphia Eagles, that struggle that you probably never really talked about too often, you probably never really mentioned too much. There's a struggle there. That's what we dealt with as well, and so there is this this similarity that is so valuable. And I think um, guys like you who've had this 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 awesome career of of getting there and then being there and then getting out, I think that's that's a big relatable topic.
1: You know, it's an interesting point that you bring up, and I don't talk about too much, Vince. But uh, you know, look, I, I was a school teacher, working on my master's degree, and all that stuff. You know, prior to going in there, it's not like I didn't have something I could have fallen back on. And then, but I somehow, some way I got, I got into broadcasting and CBS picked me up in Philadelphia and I was, I was a broadcaster. And then at the last minute, you know, I, so I thought I was making the perfect transition and everything was, was as it was. And then what happened is my marriage was falling apart. Uh, I know I'm a goofball because I, I want so much to be back. I didn't, I didn't go out the way I wanted to go out. I didn't walk away. I was, I was sort of, I, I, you know, I, I blew both my shoulders out. It was whatever happened. And, and and so but I still think I have the broadcast thing that's going to be the great transition. And then somebody new comes in. that used to be here. There was a little bit of jealousy going on because we were number one in the weekends. And I don't I'm not used anymore. And that and that was basically it. So all of a sudden, this future I thought I had uh, my marriage is, is crumbling. All this stuff. I, mean, I went through a rough time. And wow. uh, and and you know I went from yeah I man I was on the top of Mount Everest I'm telling you I was there you know doing this I was doing the Rocky thing on
0: yeah. Everest
1: and and then, then it fell apart and you know thank God I ran into the women that I have right now you know my beautiful wife Janet for 27 years and and but she was going through the same thing as well
0: yes she you know, was a high level
1: athlete and she blew her knee out against the uh, against the Romanians or Yugoslavians and. And she had to recapture her identity. And she said she wasn't ready to give up her leotard. For me, I wasn't ready to take those cleats and hang them over my neck and just walk away into the distant sunset. It just wasn't part of the way I wrote my script. And I get uh, it. That's it. You know, man, that's get nothing it. you don't know, man.
0: Yeah, I my hard my hard transition. My first one was losing baseball. I I became academically ineligible. I lost a full ride scholarship and i had a baby on the way i was like okay gotta join the military that was a tough one it was a it was a tough pill to swallow anything for the kids yes but at the same time i was like man i was so close and i made one mistake and i lost baseball forever um and so that was a hard one for me and then getting out of the military again you know my identity like you said she was struggling to find her identity you're struggling to find your identity we struggle to find our identity. We get out of the military and like, what are we now? There is no big mission that we're a part of. There is no big picture plan that 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 is bigger than us that that we we can fight for. And so a lot of guys out there are struggling to find that. And that's really my big push is, is helping guys find connection again to to something, find these new little missions you know, accomplish small missions. Eventually you'll get to the big one. You'll find what you're meant for. Um, and, and for me, if, if anything, maybe I'm meant for just to, to be a voice for others, to serve others and to continue to push others to do more. I don't know. Right.
1: Well, you do what you can, you know, and what you're doing. And obviously I know you're helping so many people out there and you're in a position, you have a platform now and, and you can use this platform in so many different ways. So as you can see with what's going on in our, in our society and what's going on in politics right now, sometimes that platform's a little bit tilted. But if you stay level and you focus on what you want to focus on, you can use where you are, where you are and what you're doing as that platform. And that's what I like with that, that Invincible and that Mark Wahlberg yes. and that connection with them and, and, and the patriot that Mark Wahlberg is. And he represents me. And, and I'm so proud of that. And, and I, I try to use this platform. I always say, make an impact today with tomorrow in mind, you know, and, and win today, man. If you can get, if you win today, uh, tomorrow is going to be a little bit better day. And if you get tomorrow and you win tomorrow and then you win the next day, now you've won the week. And then if you yes. win, win another week, you win the month, you know, but, but you can't do it without somebody around you and having that team around you, you know, and I call it the invincible team, teamwork, dream work. I mean, I'll
0: show you here. I'll show
1: you this right here. Let's see it. This is the uh, that you, you've seen
0: this. Yeah, before. You know from, right? I know exactly what that is. Yeah. So you know where that
1: comes from. And, you know, and, and I use that as a metaphor when I talk about, you know, what member of that team are you? and What's your work? And what where do you pull? Or, you know, you are going to be the leader. you are going to go on trail and behind, you know, and then you're going to play that role with passion. I mean, we are in a position. Vincent, where we can we can really affect people in a positive way. And you ask me why why do I do what I do and why do I get involved with the veterans is because Invincible is all about that dream. And it's guys like you and it's guys like those, uh, Colonel Mannion and, and Travis Mannion that made the ultimate sacrifice. It's people like you that keep that dream alive. And, and to see what's going on around us right now and see people try to do everything they can to create the nightmare that going to ruin that dream. Yes. I, I can't let that happen. And so you. that whether it's the homeless vets, whether it's a wounded warriors, whether it's a paralyzed vets, whether it's the Travis Mannion foundation, when they come to me, I, I just can't say no. I, I just yeah. can't say no because I have so much respect for what you've done and how you, how you keep that dream alive. And, and that, and I'm not bullshitting you. I mean, that's, that's how I feel. And well, that's what it's all about.
0: Well, I appreciate it. And honestly, um, it's it's been an honor to be able to interview you. I would love for us to connect outside of here. I'd love to go golfing with you sometime. I would love to just be able to have dinner and talk with your wife and my wife. And we can hang out sometime, man. It'd be great. It'd be an honor. Oh, that would be awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> well, w- let's wrap this up. Is there any any organizations you want to plug right now? Talk about them. Let's, let's give them their attention. The people that are watching and, and, and that will be listening, I want them to be able to Google it, find it, and, and, and support everything that you're a part of.
1: Well, uh, you know, one is the, is the Travis Mannion Foundation, and the other, obviously, is, is, the, is the homeless. That's what we're doing right now. And, um, and the, uh, it's veteransorg.com, and uh, no, vet, veterans.org. And that's the that's the website that we want to go on, and I know Mike can put that up there. And and uh, they're are the two. You know anything else? It's uh, right. I'm just a dad, you know, and, and I've been out the movie's been out for 15 years, and, and you know you know for anybody out there, just do whatever you can to make an impact. Keep a keep keep a positive attitude, you know. And I think I heard the greatest speech at the Oscars the other night when a guy said, "My mom taught me not to hate." You know we got to we got to start wrapping arms around each other and, and learn to love a little bit more and i think we do that we're going to be a better place to live in but
0: uh yes there's
1: some of my favorites you know and and uh hey you do what you know oh, i just oh, i just did a, a great thing it's that it's called the super bowl of caring and it's a, and it's all about uh, the, the taking care of the hungry you know believe it or not there are people here in this country that, that <laughs> they're hungry you know yes, they sir. Can- Food and and we've got to help them you know and so many of course are the homeless but there are those uh that just don't they because of everything that's going on just need help so just no. when you see somebody needs help just reach your, reach out you know give them a hand
0: no okay. for sure i love it i love it and, and vince i hope we connect and and we'll connect with mark walbrick hint hint. get have him give me a call sometime
1: <laughs> no, oh, were, i'll tell you what mark mark is so intense and he he's he's the absolute best you talk about guys that gave everything you know for me he actually pulled me down one time he says you know i thought doing invincible was the toughest thing i ever did though i did lone survivor you know so <laughs> i said oh yeah thanks mark mark <laughs> but uh yeah mark, mark mark's a good friend we stay in touch and look I'm, I'm a blessed man i've got two beautiful children you know my prayers said uh, to my son Vinny, he's out there chasing his dream trying to get into the nfl and he's got the legendary jerry glanville as the coach so
0: that's great you
1: know it, you
0: know it's all good that's good man so I'll, I'll say my prayers for him and and thank you so much for joining us today i'll make sure that mike gets all the plugs in i want to make sure we have everyone that, that you're working with right now that people get to find it and hit the links and share it uh anything you ever need of me when it comes to veterans i would love to help so please reach out at any time okay
1: all right. And my buddy, Steve, fell by my nose on there. And everybody out there in Philadelphia will see you on May 1st at the, uh, at, at the zoo in Norristown. Uh, and we're going to the four 30 and uh, all your, all your, all your proceeds will go to the homeless veterans and the homeless shelter in Philadelphia. That's the one right now I'm really focusing on and, and God bless them and anybody that's out helping. So thank you, Vincent. Appreciate it very much. God bless you on the USA, man.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you.